Radio for the Agile Community. www.agile.fm Welcome to Agile FM and today I have um, a wonderful guest. This is a, uh, a podcast. I choose guests and I work with guests through some topics which I really think are very interesting to talk to and today I have Doug Kirkpatrick um, on the line, actually here via Skype. He's an organizational change agent, tech talker, keynoter and writer, coach, educator and the list goes on and on and on. And I have Doug here on the phone with me out of Central Valley, California. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thanks for uh, taking the time out. And there's a reason why we wanted to connect before September, because on the 17th of September 2015 uh, is the sixth annual Agile Day in New York, and you will be providing the Agile NYC keynote. It's called Self-Management, Rocket Fuel for High-Performing, organizations and teams uh what do listeners listening to this podcast and joining us for the agile day have to expect from you during that keynote well uh primarily going to be telling the story of a company that i grew up in uh which is uh, the world's largest tomato processor uh grew from zero uh to become the largest processor of tomatoes in the world uh, grew from uh, 24 initial colleagues to now uh, 400 or so uh, year-round and over 2,000 seasonal colleagues mm-hmm. and uh, provides uh, products that are basically consumed by everyone in North America and millions more around the world, everything from ketchup to salsa to steak sauce, pizza sauce, barbecue sauce, taco sauce, and Bloody Mary mix and a myriad of other products. Um, Sounds like we're having a party at the Agile Day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We should break out the salsa uh, for sure. (laughs) Um, But we managed to accomplish this without any uh, bosses, uh, no human bosses, uh, no management authority. Um, uh, We had certainly had management of resources and and mission and strategy, uh, but we had no command authority, uh, no titles, uh, no... um, uh, authority whatsoever. Uh, we just just did it all with work and, and people that performed work. And so uh, I've come to believe uh, in this philosophy of management, called it self-management. Mm-hmm. Uh, see no barriers to any organization uh, adopting it uh, and scaling it up um, because it represents the most fundamental um, core principles of human interaction. That mm-hmm. is that People do better or more productive and happier when they're not subject to uh, force and coercion. Mm-hmm. And also uh, people are also enjoy uh, great uh, autonomy, freedom, and productivity mm-hmm. when they honor the commitments they make to each other uh, well, in the workplace. So. Well, Doc, you just mentioned in like a little side sentence, and I think there is this is actually quite a big statement you're making here. Morningstar, roughly, how many people are... Uh, worked at least at that point when you were actively part of this? Well, we started the company in the spring of 1990. We hadn't even constructed our first factory. So um, we had a band, a tiny band of about 24 colleagues working out of a tiny farmhouse Mm -hmm. uh, out in the countryside. 
and uh, working you know long hours and and trying to organize customers and suppliers and construction and mm-hmm. hiring employees and all the, the activities that go into constructing a factory. Um, then we built the factory, and, and of course we had, at that point we had hundreds uh, of employees. Uh, um, to, to run the factory and mm-hmm. to uh, haul tomatoes to the factory, but uh, uh, at no point do we have any bosses. Wow. Uh, we had no delineated managers whatsoever. We managed to do this working as a self-managed team. And, uh, yeah, so even the owner of the company, the founder, uh, relinquished command authority. We got everything done through influence and persuasion and uh, communication and trust. Right. The reason I asked is probably there are some listeners out there who are like, well, I work in a large organization and, you know, that sounds theoretically, um, you know, something that might work for very small organizations. But obviously this is a testament to uh, it actually does work in large organizations. And not only that, they're growing while doing it and being extremely successful. Absolutely. So, um, we uh, went from zero to, uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, hundreds of year-round colleagues and, and over 2,000 seasonal colleagues in the span of uh, 20 years. And have never changed the fundamental core principles. Don't use force and keep your commitments. Right. Uh, as long as people adhere to those basic principles, uh, which are like uh, to human interaction, what gravity is to physics, then people tend to be more productive, and yeah. that's how we're able to do that. So who had the corner office? Well, it's interesting. Uh, so one of the cu- cultural artifacts of Morningstar is that the quote-unquote administrative offices are, are ex- right adjacent to the factory floor, mm. the production area. And the reason is that the mission of the enterprise is to produce products that meet the custom, uh, customer and service specs, uh, specifications of customers, product and service specifications of customers in a cost-effective, environmentally responsible manner. And so uh, the purpose of administration is to do nothing more than move information and to serve the mission, which is production. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there is a, uh, a string of offices down a hallway, uh, but they're not fancy and they basically look out on the factory floor in the service of the production facility. Staying connected, right? Staying connected with the roots of the organization. So you've been doing this for um, quite some time, and the reason I can say that is because in 2011, you released a book, Beyond Empowerment, The Age of the Self-Managed Organization. That was in 2011. Um, so that book obviously is out. It, it uh, changed a lot of things. But uh, what do you think changed since then? Like obviously there has been a strong interest in the topic. Uh, organizations have been founded, uh, numerous. I wouldn't even give you a complete list here myself, but um, I've seen emails and everything. But what do you think has changed since 2011 since your book release? Uh, I think it's just a general awareness. Uh, that there are better ways to manage. There are a number of drivers uh, that are pushing these trends. Um, Some of them are technological. Mm -hmm. It's just a simple recognition that organizing companies 
the way we've organized them since the 1840s and the days of the railroads and the steel companies when information moved at the speed of Morse code is not tenable mm -hmm. because information moves now at the speed of light. So uh, bureaucratic, uh, brittle hierarchies just aren't able to process the flood of information that uh, permeates every organization mm -hmm. in the world. Um, we have generational drivers, uh, you know, millennials uh, and Generation Z, mm -hmm. you know, the up-and-coming 19 and 20-year-olds do not want to work for hierarchies and just be told what to do, mm -hmm. like drones. It's not enthusing to them. They need a higher purpose, uh, and they need a reason to show up and be engaged at work every day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there great. are a number of things driving this, and then general awareness uh, uh, driven by uh, some books that are more important than mine, like Frederick Lelou's Reinventing Organizations, a very mm -hmm. popular book, mm -hmm. describing cutting-edge companies around the world. Um, so uh, the experiment at Zappos uh, mm -hmm. with holacracy uh, that's uh, been unfolding for a couple of years uh, is very high profile, and so there are a number of uh, kind of uh, uh, PR points that are really driving awareness uh, of this concept that there may be better ways to manage companies mm -hmm. than we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. So you would think we're still like um, if somebody's coming to the Agile Day or somebody sees you talk somewhere else, we're still in the early adopters phase even though it's been a few years? Uh, I think so, uh, just because if you look at the entire world economy, um, Companies that have jumped on the uh, new ways to manage uh, represent a tiny percentage mm -hmm. of the entire economy of the United States or the world. Um, it's hard for people to conceive uh, of uh, organizations with zero hierarchy when most people have grown up in hierarchies or mm -hmm. families are hierarchies, schools are hierarchies, and certainly... Uh, you know, the military is a hierarchy. So, and most people's first uh, job experiences were in hierarchies. So, yeah. there's a large mindset sh uh, shift that has to take place uh, for people to really understand, wrap their heads around the possibilities mm -hmm. of organizing an enterprise with no bureaucracy whatsoever. Yeah, you mentioned Sappos, you mentioned uh, Morningstar, both uh, US based companies. Um, do you see any geographical, cultural differences in the adoption of a self-managed organization? Do you think the U.S. is leading this, or do you see other countries in this world uh, jumping on this uh, train as well? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I appreciate you asking that. Um, I, I see the interest being global, a absolutely, uh, worldwide. Um, just in the last six months, I've been in Poland and Brazil and Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Canada, uh, the U.S., uh, I see strong interest from uh, uh, other countries in China, uh, even Russia and uh, uh, the Middle East and other countries around the world. Uh, it is uh, truly a global phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So uh, the question, the, the great question is what will be the adoption rate and what will be the adoption methodology? But mm -hmm. uh, people are... Uh, generally uh, becoming more and more aware that there are other ways to manage companies. Yeah. So um, 
I've heard you say a few times like self-organization that's of, um, part of the, the book and everything and self-management is part of the keynote. Um, and sometimes we use these words interchangeably. Is there, is there a difference for you between self-organization and self-management? Well, you know, self-management is really uh, kind of a technical term that refers to the functions, the traditional functions of management in an organization. So uh, if you go back in time, those functions uh, basically are planning, organizing, uh, controlling, selecting, and coordinating. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, all self-management represents is uh, distributing those functions uh, to each and every member of an organization so that everyone is involved in all those functions to the degree they're willing and able to be. Um, Morningstar, for example, uh, with the management function of selecting uh, mechanics, hire mechanics. Electricians hire electricians. So uh, people are invested mm -hmm. in making the right management decisions uh, because they realize the long-term consequences uh, social and financial consequences of getting the right people on the bus, people that they'll work side by side with for perhaps decades or more, um, and who's better equipped to evaluate those things and the people that are actually doing the work. So mm -hmm. the idea of self-management is just taking those management functions and getting them in the hands of everyone so they have control over their own circumstances. Uh, Self-organization, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't studied that in particular depth. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can look at biological systems. You can look at the work of Margaret Wheatley and other thinkers mm -hmm. um, for self-organizing systems. And uh, to a degree, that takes place in self-management. Yeah. Because when you don't have bosses concocting teams of individuals, uh, they uh, organize themselves. Mm -hmm. and coordinate with each other. And that is one of the functions of management. So uh, I'd almost uh, uh, consider self-organization to be um, overlapping with self-management and a Venn diagram. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's definitely connected to self-management. This is a part of self-management. Um, but I haven't gotten into uh, a serious definitional study of the <laughs> okay. two terms per se. Yeah, to see if people use that interchangeably. And I was just curious. Um, how do you think the, the topic of uh, holacracy is going to fit into this entire uh, thinking you brought up in 2011? That seems to be more like a recent um, topic. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, it's a, it's a big topic, it's a, and it's a serious topic. Um, uh, it's a methodology. I don't pretend to be an expert in it at all. Uh, I don't want to criticize it uh, particularly because I don't know that much about it. Okay. Uh, it's uh, got a model constitution, which I attempted to read a while back. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, if, it's, uh, if it helps uh, an organization uh, achieve its particular purpose and mission uh, in a way that you know, respects uh, the voice of individuals in that enterprise, then, then great. Uh, right, right. Welcome it to the party. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I just don't know that much about it. Yeah, the reason, I'm, the reason I'm asking is like in the Agile movement, you know, and listeners for Agile FM, 
uh, know that in 2001, the manifesto was written, was really was like a, an umbrella term for a specific movement um, for people, like-minded people. And I was like, well, you're in the world of self-management, there's lots of topics popping up here and there. And I just want to see if you have some uh, thoughts around how these things all group together and um, benefit each other. But I think they're all pulling into one direction. And that is more like... Uh, you know, balancing out uh, the management activities into certain angles of an organization. Yeah, I think so. And there are, there are lots of uh, movements and, and threads of thought and mm -hmm. methodologies uh, taking place. And, and to the degree they help people achieve more and mm -hmm. uh, gain more autonomy and, and productivity and freedom, uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. So I want to ask you a, a personal question, and for everybody listening to this uh, who, is, who has been a financial controller or administrator out there, and I'm insulting someone, I really apologize, but um, this title, when you work um, as a financial controller and an administrator, I know financial controllers, um, you have been one as uh, in the beginning of your career, if I understood you correctly. That is not necessarily the kind of job description you would expect somebody to go into a movement like this. How did you start all this? I'm curious. This is, is fascinating, to be honest. Um, so um, if I understand your question, how, what was it like being a financial controller when we started a company that has no titles and no command authority? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, and like especially yeah. out of a profession out of a fi finance where often it's yeah. a budget and it's very controlling. Um, right. I would not necessarily see that role being somebody groundbreaking, um, forward-thinking, uh, kind of thing of radical change within an organization, not only to uh, support it, but actually create it. Right. Well, I guess the simple answer to that is that I worked with the founder of Morningstar for seven years before I joined him at Morningstar mm -hmm. at another company. Okay. And it's uh, not that we organized that company around the, the principles of self-management, but we were small enough and a tight enough group that uh, we were able to uh, kind of uh, express the, the principles of self-management without really labeling it mm -hmm. uh, self-management. So um, very used to uh, a very flat, um, purpose-driven team mm -hmm. uh, with the founder of Morningstar before we even, I even joined him at Morningstar and had several years of experience in that ecosystem. So when I got to Morningstar and, and he proposed self-management, we adopted it. Uh, as a small team, it did not seem like that large a leap at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it was only over time that we came to realize that this was somewhat radical yeah. relative to the rest of the world. Oh, absolutely. That's really uh, that's amazing. So um, towards the end of um, our podcast and our time uh, together here, um, as I said, you will be delivering a, the keynote of the Agile Day on the 17th of September 2015 in New York. Um, that is about self-management. You wrote this book in 2011, Beyond Empowerment. Um, and, uh, and people can obviously read up on all these things, and I would highly encourage this. But what have you, um, what kind of trends have you seen since 2011 for yourself? And what are, you, uh, what are you working on these days? What do listeners have to expect from you? Another book, uh, a series of events, talks, anything like that? Right. Great question, Joe. Um, 
seems to be a lot of uh, speaking opportunities popping up. Um, people seem very interested in this subject matter. Uh, try to accept as many of those as I can where it makes sense. Um, I recently had the uh, an, uh, article uh, mm -hmm. on self-management published in an academic journal challenging organizations and society with a couple of co-authors, uh, Franz Rusli and Michael Sontag, and we called the article Management Plasticity. Uh, about the ability of uh, management to be agile mm -hmm. and effective uh, using principles of self-management. Um, do have other books in mind, uh, so uh, expect to uh, continue to write and mm -hmm. produce uh, and publish over time. Uh, nothing is imminent, uh, however, <laughs> but uh, uh, definitely in the future plans and um, Awesome. Working with some uh, very good people uh, and talking to some companies that are very interested in transforming themselves from uh, traditional hierarchy to uh, robust self-managed ecosystems. Awesome. Well, Doc, I just want to say thank you here at the end of uh, our podcast. We're going to have you in New York, whoever can make this on the 17th of September. Um, anybody else, you know, you can follow Doc to China, to Poland, to Russia and learn more <laughs> in his talks all across the world um, about self-management. And uh, we're looking forward to your talk. And I just want to say thank you for uh, taking out the time of the day to uh, just talk a little bit about this and introducing you to the um, listeners, but also to the uh, participants of the Agile Day in New York. We're excited. Thank you very much, Joe. I appreciate it questions very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.